Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything but mostly just the stuff we like. Let's face it, folks. When it comes to making comic book movies, Marvel is the gold standard, while DC seems to only excel at spending gobs of money to make movies that can only aspire to the cinematic level of Thor The Dark World. That was until Wonder Woman came along in 2017, and we all thought that perhaps, just perhaps, DC was turning a corner. Well, they did and ran straight into a brick wall with Aquaman, but we digress. Needless to say, all eyes were on the highly anticipated release of Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day. What did we think? Glad you asked, because that's what we'll be talking about in this episode 55, When Diana Prince Cries. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a man for whom barriers of time and space do not exist, but he is too polite to show off, so nobody really knows the depths of his true powers. Mm. He is the Tom Pritchard to my Jimmy Del Rey. Thankfully, we've gotten better on the stick over the years, because there's no way that Jim Cornette would show up to do this gig. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, sir. How are you? Doing well. You haven't thrown the salutations bit in for a little while. I, I know. I figured. It. I figured we need to switch it up a little bit. It's a, it's a classy sort of show this Thank you. this evening. Actually, no, it isn't. It's the same old stuff that we do every week. I'm having but, my my old Forester 115 proof, so I'm feeling fancy tonight. <laughs> oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> buckle up. It's going to be an interesting one, and, and by the way, someone passed Timmy an air sickness bag for later. <laughs> We're going back to the 1920s. <laughs> so, before we get too far into our normal shtick, uh, oh, wait a minute, this is our normal shtick. Uh-huh. Can you name the tag team? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, they would be known uh, as Smoky Mountain Wrestling favorites, or heels for that matter, the Heavenly Bodies. Glorious! No, I won't give in. There you go, sir. I I was gonna go with original Tom Pritchard and Stan Lane. Oh, then you would have stumped me because I wouldn't have known that one. Exactly. So I I tried to keep it somewhat fair and went with their WWF slash WWE era formation. Mm. And, and a little side note: Do you know the uh, Do you know the nickname for Jimmy Del Rey? Oh. I just remember he was trying to be like the pretty boy, playboy kind of guy, and I cannot remember the doctor of, was it the doctor of style, Tom Pritchard, and the, oh, the gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey. Yes, there you go. Okay. That's what it was. Because I, 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 I saw that, and I'm like, I can't put that in there, because that would probably trip you. That would give you even more information than you really needed. But... Once again, your wrestling knowledge knows no bounds. A and, point of pride for myself. <laughs> and you win the prize, which is nothing. Okay. Woo! Not even, not even bragging rights, because ain't nobody cares. Like I'm pretty sure <laughs> everyone fast forwards <laughs> to this part of it, like it's like it's an ad. So hey. Oh my gosh. 
except for Heather, because Heather listens to the entire podcast. Hey, Heather, how you Thank doing? Thank you, Heather. So uh, we gotta we gotta get on the, get going here, so that we aren't delaying too long. Uh, what do you got for the week in geek this week? The week in geek. Feels so funky. Uh, we're just gonna do two items, <clears throat> mainly because oh boy. we we can't seem to keep this thing under ten minutes. Okay, so the big question is who died? No, no, no deaths. Oh, no deaths. <laughs> Salute! Uh, Thank one, you. One Star Wars item, and and we're you know we are all about learning, adapting, changing with the times, and we figured uh, rather than you know try to dedicate full episodes to to uh, you know two at a time to Wandavision for right now, we we would do a little bit of a, a smaller recap, if you will. Uh, I think we'll dedicate an episode when when it's warranted, when uh, major happenings go on and that kind of thing. Mm. But uh, we're just going to do kind of a, a little recap here and see what happens. But to start with, always uh, a bit of Star Wars news, it seems, trickling over the interwebs every week. And and this is actually uh, goes back a couple weeks. Uh, Lucasfilm mm-hmm. uh, announced a new partnership with uh, Ubisoft and Massive uh, to create an open-world Star Wars video game. Oh, um, please be called Grand Theft Jedi. Please be called <laughs> Grand Theft Jedi. Please be called Grand Theft Jedi. This was quite exciting, mainly because Lucasfilm as a gaming, uh, you know, kind of the gaming division was um, was closed down a number of years ago. Um, EA has been, uh, I think they pretty much uh, contracted it out to EA, so EA has been doing Battlefront and uh, most recently uh, Squadrons. Hmm. And and they will continue to to be that, but it sounds like Lucasfilm. Um, I think it was 2013. Disney laid off about 150 employees at Luke. Oh, there was called LucasArts, not Lucasfilm. Sorry, LucasArts. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. That was their in-game, uh, and that kind of ended the in-game. Um, sorry, the in-house game development um, for the company at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now it sounds like they are, you know, kind of working through partnerships with other companies and and Ubisoft. Um, I forget if it's Ubisoft or Massive. They they have a proprietary uh, gaming engine that they utilize for games, basically open world games, um, like what they're talking about doing here. So, my understanding is it wouldn't be kind of a, an MMO RPG kind of game, massively multiplayer online role playing game, but it would be more mm-hmm. of just like what you were saying, like a Grand Theft Auto, where it's an open world. <laughs> you you can do different missions. You can take your time working through the main story thread or threads, you know, sub threads, but you can kind of do your own thing. So this has gotten me kind of uh, psyched because I'm, I'm, you know, very much from a gaming perspective, like those more kind of open concept kind of games. Um, I'm currently playing Eve online, which you you basically can play that. That game has been going on for about 18 years. Um, And you, and, and, and there's no story to it. I mean, you go, but, but it has an economy that is totally player driven the ships and and the things in the game are all you know basically discoveries that players have made as they have logged hours and hours and hours playing. Now wait a minute, quick question: Yes, is sir. this one of these games where like people are getting their characters ma- married in the game? No, no, no. You, you okay. basically, it, it's more about. I think everyone's. I just, heard about that, and I was like, okay, now y'all getting a little too crazy. No, just no, no, a little no. too crazy. No, no, it's it's nothing like that. It's okay. um, but but you do have players kind of grouping together in you know, whether you want to call them guilds or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just organizations, factions, um, because they're like, it actually it was over the holidays there. They set the record for, um, I think it was like a 12 or 13 hour battle that happened, um, between these two factions that are at war 
and uh, and I think the amount of money lost was in the hundreds of thousands of like like, like the the ships that what? were destroyed, the ships that were destroyed. If you take to, take into account the in-game money value of them, and then extrapolate it to what you would have to spend in order to kind of work your way up to those ships, was just all total was in somewhere of the six figures, I guess. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. That is absolute freaking crazy train. Uh-huh. I'll I'll try to remember to send you a link for the show notes to, to this particular skirt. <laughs> oh, oh it's geez. it was it's incredible. It's but 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 what's great about games like this, like this open concept is you can go and, and I and I've read other people who have kind of commented and said they've done this. You can go and play this game and not be involved in that part of it at all. Like you like right now I'm I'm going off and I'm just trying to bank money because I'm working my way towards some ships that you can use for exploring and making more money. So I'm kind of being a little bit of a greedy person, if you will. No, no, you're just you're like the Lando Calrissian of this thing. Yeah, you're, you're, basically. You've got a basically. money-making scheme that you're going to have one of these days. I'm going to buy a jalopy, and I'm going <laughs> to fly that jalopy all over the uh, the galaxy and uh, do some exploring. Because those are ways where you can just, you, you know, if, if you explore in certain areas, you can find, like, a lot of wealth, and then you can do bigger and better things. And so that's... So I'm off on my own doing my own thing, and it's just you know it's just kind of a fun distraction here and there for me. Um, mm. and, and that's a level of of you know people can play it at that level. Then you can have people who play it in this more intense way, you know. And uh, so I, I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do. Um, it's actually got this news actually has gotten me looking back at uh, Star Wars: um, The Old Republic. That was another RPG that came out that was came out in I think around 2011 and is still going. Um, and so I've been looking at that one as, as maybe something hmm. to dive into. So because you know, I just have so much time on my hands to be doing stuff like this. <laughs> You're gonna have plenty of time when your wife kicks you out into the garage. <laughs> my, oh, my, my advice: gosh. you might want to try and keep this under wraps, you know, yeah. until you get to spring, because yeah. it's gonna I, be I awfully cold out in the garage right now. <laughs> no, you gotta gotta balance the time. Gotta you know have have the right level of involvement. So so anyway, so so just just some interesting news. Um, the funny thing with with uh, with Lucasfilm and Lucas Arts as a video game company, and 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 I bring this up because at one point uh, Uncle Todd and I shared a residence uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and and it was around the time I was wrapping up my my uh, college studies and I putting applications out to different companies, and I decided to take a flyer on, on Lucas Arts all the way out in California. I had no idea uh, about how to write a video game or what the heck I was doing, <laughs> but I thought what the what the heck, you know? Put put a resume out there, see if someone gives me a ring and cast your bread on the water as it were. Exactly. Exactly. So 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 I have memories of, of trying that and failing spectacularly, but at least uh, you well, know, you get, a did fun you get story. the rejection letter? Uh, I think I still have it somewhere. Yes. See, you know what? That's at least you have something with a with a Lucas film or Lucas Arts logo on it. I ain't got that. So, hey, and I think I remember that, you that telling me that as well. Like, like I, I remember you, you were, you thought that was the coolest thing. You're like, hey, you got a rejection letter from it's great. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. Like after, after you know, applying to any number of jobs out there that never call you back, and or and then after that, going and booking a band and mm -hmm. trying to co and contacting venues that never call you back. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. to get a no, I'm excited about that. I'm like, ooh, I can cross that off my list. It's something. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so something. hey, a rejection letter can be kind of cool, Absolutely. especially when it's, you know, from, you know, something that's kind of cool like that, I think. Yeah. 
No details yet on specifics, uh, so it's about as far along as the BSG reboot at this point. But oh no, um, it's further along. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, there, there's a gaming engine that is already established. So yes, much further along. <laughs> yeah, that show only exists in Sam Esmail's head, and you know what? I bet he's he must be getting paid by the hour because yeah. that's the because he just won't tell anybody. Like, oh no, oh no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Yep. They just keep writing me checks though, so I'll just keep on coming in and punching the clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is the uh, Lucasfilm announcement um i was going to go into some detail about star wars galaxies but i'll save that for another week in geek because we have some other business to tend to and that is this past week uh weekend's new episode of wandavision yes and uh sir uh you know we're going to try this a little bit different but but you know just just a few thoughts on the episode uh so mm-hmm. it was a short 30 minutes um or i shouldn't say a short it was a full 30 minutes but it was it was a it was a lean 30 minutes it mm-hmm. felt like it it flew by it, it did it did and there was a lot going on so items of note well i love the uh the slightly rearranged brady house yes uh, <laughs> set that was great I like how it wasn't a direct replica, although it was it was pretty darn close. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a it was a mirror image because if I remember right, the way that you'd normally see the Brady house, the stairs were on the left and the front door was on the right, and it was reversed here. And of course, yeah. it's you know it's slightly different, but it was enough of it that you're like, it's the Brady house. Yeah, it's totally the Brady house. Oh yeah, which was great. And then of course, just the whole uh, Paul Bettany's '70s wig. Just oh, a thing of beauty. I kept on waiting for it to crawl off his head and run away and fetch a ball. (laughs) Start start calling him Shaggy. It was a schnauzer or something that they just wrapped on his head. It was great. Oh my god! Oh, the whole thing was was uh, was great. I I I'm really digging this show. Yeah, I I had zero complaints. Yeah, yeah. So a couple interesting points um, about I, I I don't know if it was midway through or you know maybe first within the first 10, 15 minutes. But there's a point in there where um, Wanda starts talking about, you know, what if the neighbors find out about their little secret? Mm. Um, and it was done in such a way that you, you for a moment, like, like you knew she was talking about, on the one hand, this rapid pregnancy she's going through. But on the other hand, there's still the mystery of why they're even there, you know, and, yes. and what's going on. And so there's this point where Vision, he, after having just talked to, it was a really strange sequence with the neighbors, where one of the neighbors is trimming his bushes and he's like cutting into the concrete wall and yeah, and he's just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and the guy's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, it's just like completely ignoring the fact that he's sawing into a concrete wall. I want to get a set of those clippers, by the way, because man, oh my ain't gosh. nothing worse than dull clippers. I'm just no, saying, not at all, not at all. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But he he starts kind of realizing that something is amiss with what you know just at large. And I don't know if you noticed, but um, as as soon as he says that, like Wanda's looking at him, and then all of a sudden, like the episode just completely resets to like four seconds, five seconds earlier as he's mm-hmm. you know addressing the question. She it was a total reset. It wasn't a rewind and a replay. It was a complete just like cut and jump back to that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and it went in a different path. So, again, we see this kind of this recurring thing where as soon as we as soon as vision starts creeping close to questioning 
what is going on overall. She she's resetting stuff, or, or or we think she's resetting stuff. We don't know who is actually resetting stuff. We think it's her. Yeah, um, I I like how that those that moment is getting closer and closer to the front of the episode. It's getting mm-hmm. earlier and earlier every episode because we had to we had to wait till kind of the end of the first episode when you kind of got that like oh something's up yeah and then it yep. came earlier in the in the second episode i mean arguably earlier than this because you had the the iron man helicopter and then you had a couple other things but to actually have vision stepping out and yeah. being the the kind of the one who's like you know and like you say he's putting two and two together and yeah when when that happened i the first thing i thought was like well crap now it's buffering yeah, but then it, it it started getting different. I'm like, okay, that ain't a buffer. All right, that was very nicely done. Way to take mm-hmm. advantage of kind of streaming, and like, I'm, we're gonna make people <laughs> kind of wonder what the heck's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole conversation with the neighbors, I thought was was really good. Like, you you really start getting into, especially toward the end. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of theories that I I'm not gonna get into because there's lots of weird stuff that I don't necessarily know, can't tie back to comics but yeah the whole idea of like those two in this Truman show sort of matrix-ish sort of thing that we, we were talking about last episode just trying to kind of walk that line of not trying to tip off vision but also maintain yeah. character and yeah it's yeah it's getting it's getting stranger and stranger by the episode and I well, love it and, and and there was a look that he, that Catherine Hahn gave you know the the other neighbor like he seemed like he was about to spill the beans about something mm-hmm. and she kind of gives him the super serious look and then she kicks into the cheesy neighbor routine again so so it's like now we're seeing that there there is something true I mean I mean like I said we as viewers know something is amiss something is not right we're, we're you know we're experiencing this and seeing you know them kind of jump the the different decades in terms of the television shows but. Um, but there's something about the people in there. We still can't tell. Are they part of this or are they imprisoned by it? You know, like like we just don't really have any answers. Um, Got to give a quick shout out to uh, the guy who looks like he, he belongs in the 50s and 60s. I forget the actor's name. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. him in the last episode. Had the comedy line of the night when... Uh, you know, there. You know, things are going haywire when she's having the contractions, and neighbors are losing power. And his wife walks in, and she's like, "Do these earrings make me look fat?" And the lights go out. And he's like, "Thank God." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it was done in such a, a '70s kind of comedy way, but it was just yes. so perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's it's total like rip out of a '70s. Oh yeah. You know, '70s yeah. sitcom. Totally. Totally. But the most consequential and most interesting aspect was the end. Um, mm. Or getting toward the end, where Geraldine is spending some time talking to Wanda, and you start to see Wanda just, you know, after giving birth rapidly <laughs> to these twins, yep. um, you know, talks about her her brother uh, Pietro, mm. and uh, and all of a sudden, what Geraldine kind of says is it kind of catches you off guard because we have not really heard anything uttered you know, in the in these last three episodes that would draw back into the MCU that we are all coming from, the context we all have. And that is when uh, she says, oh, your brother was killed by Ultron. And it's like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> that, that came right out of left field. I mean, it's true, but it's like, where did it come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that didn't go so well for her. I, I mean, no, it, no. it went better than it could have. 
Yeah. I mean, let's let's yeah. put it that way. I mean, yeah. as it was, she just got tossed out the club. I mean, it could have been like, hey, by the way, oh, where'd Geraldine go? She's been b- reduced down to her composite atoms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Righty then. She's you know? been punted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As it was, you just got kicked out of the bubble or whatever it is that's there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and, and the show takes a very just, you know, again, it, it kind of rides that line between, you know, the, the sitcom it's, it's you know, kind of deriving from and also uh, the Twilight Zone, you know? And, and it gets to yeah. a very eerie place. Like Wanda is, and, and, and it's strange, like she looks disoriented. It's not like she comes into full awareness of what's going on. And even Geraldine looks a little disoriented with what she's said. You know, she kind of goes back to her her shtick afterwards, like, oh, I said something I shouldn't have, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But you, you see that there is, like, kind of in that moment, like Wanda kind of is orbiting around some sort of emotional point for her with her brother. And it just kind of, you know, hearing Ultron and hearing this, you know, she just... You see the sorrow on her face. You see a lot of emotions kind of playing out, and 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 she's just like pushing it away, like you know, yeah. you you need to go, which leads us to the tail end, which is uh, Geraldine is basically, uh, as I said, punted, uh, nay, uh, field goal kicked uh, out of the bubble, <laughs> yeah, in spectacular fashion. It, it's I had to watch it a couple times because it's one of those things where you're just like kind of thrown by the visual. Mm-hmm. Um, but she comes flying out of some, I don't know what it is. I, it, it looks like kind of a digitized kind of membrane-ish sort of thing, yeah. uh, lands on the ground. And apparently we have military, which I don't know if it's sword or, or what it is, but some, some group is right on the periphery of whatever this thing is. And that Westview, um, I, I don't know what your read on this is, but it seems like Westview is really a place and it seems like there's something that is basically engulfed it that you know is 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 where the characters are so i don't know if it's a i mean just because it changes so much i mean like their house number hasn't changed and yet the house itself has changed not just the interior like the exterior of the house has changed so it's it's kind of changing with the decades so i'm not sure i'm i'm wondering if that's like if that is like a pocket universe that wanda has kind of established or that has been established for her and right or someone else has yeah they just kind of know, like, okay, this thing is here, and we got to keep an eye on the perimeter, you know. Right. right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm digging it. And I, the song I, at the end. What, what? There, there are shows that that know how to stick a landing, you know, at, at the end of the episode. Sons of Anarchy did that often with with music and just finding the right music to kind of set the tone for the episode or even for the series. You know, when the series ended, there was a, you know, just just a great song to kind of end that as well and choosing to use the monkeys daydream believer yeah and and what was haunting about it was you know that's normally a pretty joyful peppy song and you're playing it in this context of you know geraldine getting thrown out of whatever this place is still in her Mm -hmm. garb so again it's like it's unclear like what are the rules in motion at the moment because she seems to be able to retain her state even after leaving this bubble or or whatever it is but but the words are haunting because you know it's it's not just daydream believer from the beginning it's from a very specific part where it's talking about you know cheer up sleepy genie and i'm like yeah who who's the sleepy genie <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean it yeah it's it's gets right to the chorus you know it's, and it's it's you know it's just very it it's almost like the monkeys wrote it for for that you know show you know i mean it was just it was such a great layering of 
the song at the end over the context of what had just happened and just, you know, Wanda clearly not not dealing with sorrow very well. So, so yeah, just all around great episode, and I'm uh, looking forward to, to, to the next one. Yeah, me as well. I I was listening to a little bit of uh, one of them. I think this is the latest one that's posted as of today, Fat Man Beyond with uh, with Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin, and I think Mark uh, Mark kind of raised a lot of good points uh, in that he was of the opinion that if he had just seen the first episode or that if it had not been connected to the MCU, if it had just been another show, he probably would not have watched past the first show because there wasn't a lot that happened. And I think there is an element of, of that and, and why we are so like generous with our praise, shall we say, Mm -hmm. is that because of the faith that Marvel has, you know, kind of the goodwill they've put in the bank over the years that, right with the exception of a couple movies that are sort of like, well, it eh, wasn't as good as the others. They haven't steered us wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're willing, you're willing to sit and wait patiently for something yeah. and going, okay, well, we'll wait. And, and, and honestly, Marvel is very smart in that they know that and they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. And also, like we discussed last episode, this isn't everybody's jammy jam. It's not going to be mm-hmm. everybody's favorite show. And I think they kind of know that, but it doesn't need to go out and make a billion dollars at the box office either. So you can kind of afford to have a show that it might have a little bit more of a niche audience. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Like, you're still going to get tons of eyeballs on it because it's Marvel. Yep. You're probably just not going to get the rewatch and everything else. But, hey, whatever. It's it's on Disney+, Plus, so it's not like, you know, you're, you're just trying to get overall subscribers. And you've got them. Les Plus. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I personally, I'm enjoying it because I, I think it's weird, and that just happens to be, you know, kind yeah. of my, my, my geek sort of corner is that weird sci-fi sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all in, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out because I do appreciate kind of how it is a slow burn. Yeah, and yeah. and we're finding out a little more each week. I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah, no, pacing is spot on, and you know, really, it's, it's just the right. Like we talked about a couple episodes ago, uh, or I don't know if it was last week's or the the WandaVision episode itself, but just I think leading up to it, we were saying, you know, how is this going to work? You know, because mm. Guardians of the Galaxy kind of evoked that kind of a you know reaction as well when you saw the trailer. It's like, oh my gosh, this looks like so far off, you know, the the Iron Man path or whatever, and and it just you know they they, they find the right way to set the pace and and to tell the story in in a compelling way, so. Um, yeah. and, and they're dropping little nuggets along the way, um, you know, like they did at the, at the end of this one. I mean, in terms of story, it was huge because it was, you know, starting to reveal a little bit more, you know, pulling, you know, peeling the onion or pulling the curtain back, whatever analogy you want to use. But it's 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 the right amount. Yes. Agreed. Totally agreed. That is the weekend Geek. Well, thank you, sir, for doing all of that interweb sleuthing and searching and, mm-hmm. and cobbling together. And uh, now it brings us to the main course. The main event. Of the Ooh, yeah. episode. Thank you, Macho Man. Uh, so a little bit of background. I wonder when 1984, of course, debuted on Christmas Day uh, on HBO Max or whatever it is called now. And... Um, so it was, uh, but it was also, uh, I believe it was theaters and streaming. Uh, correct. And actually, I think tomorrow it's off of HBO Max. I think this this was the last uh, weekend. Yeah, it was 30 days and then that's it. And then yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing it'll come back, but they're going to try and get some more 
I don't know if it's even in theaters at this point or what, but they're going to try and get some money out of this probably by getting you to buy a Blu-ray or something, and then next year they'll probably throw it on on HBO again. Yeah. Um, so I started watching it Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and then got sidetracked in a big bad way because uh, we bought our daughter the complete Harry Potter movie series. So we ah. were in we were in Hogwarts world for you know seemingly. For freaking ever, uh, yeah. So then, uh, Wonder Woman came back around afterwards. So kind of saw it in two chunks. Um, you sir have just gotten a chance to see it because you're just kind of catching up on your backlog of movies. So you're probably a bit more of a fresh memory since you yeah. watched it last night. Mm-hmm. I'm going almost totally on my memory, which, as we all know can be a very dicey proposition as by uh, the fact that i managed to misspell sword last week <laughs> a a second or third grade spelling word and i managed to very proudly i think i said w-s-o-r-d you're wrong uh, ladies and gentlemen that's why uncle todd has paid the big bucks oh gee i, I ought to get fined for that if <laughs> If we made dollar one from this, I would have to pay you that dollar for that mistake. I take it. So I'll let you uh, kind of wrangle and ringmaster this one because you you uh, you kind of came up with the outline for this. So uh, let's. Uh, how do you want to start this off, sir? Uh, what you want to do first impressions? Yes. You what know, just it, kind of jump in and just get a quick take on what we thought about it. I'm I'm anxious to hear yours. <sighs> well. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> I that's, that's not a great way to start a review. Well, I have to be careful because when I start to nitpick some things, I, you know, you start to do comparisons, and and you've brought this out very well when, you know, we've talked about elements of Star Wars and how it's based in space magic and stuff like that. You know, mm. so, some of the reasonings kind of go out the window. I I, I like the overall story where. You know, there, there, there's this this idea of you can't take shortcuts and you can't cheat reality and you can't cheat life. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. the idea that we we understood at the end of the first one, and 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 that's the benefit I have is I've actually watched both over the last I think two weekends, so so they're both kind of fresh in the brain. But you know, they did a very good job in the first one establishing just kind of the connection that that she established that Deanna establishes with with uh, Steve Trevor and the sacrifice Diana. that what's that Diana oh Diana oh did I say Deanna oh Deanna Troy yeah I shouldn't do that Diana yeah, before before we get into a Gaeta sort of situation yeah <laughs> although funny oh, enough man. funny enough when I was re-watching the miniseries they do not pronounce Gaeta's name Gaeta it's uh I think they went with Gaeta Almost like how you pronounced it, but then I mean, I think when thirty-three starts, they decided, yeah, you know what, just go with Gata. I'm sorry, pilot overrules all. I was right. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but hey, we were talking about like season three or something when you were, t- yeah. when you were doing that. Yeah, good. Lord. Anyways, sir, sorry. To uh, no, you. no. So you know, so so drawing from the first movie and kind of you know making her love for Steve the Achilles heel, if you will, for her in, in the environment she was in. Was was I thought you know good storytelling? I'm struggling a little bit with the way they kind of went about with the antagonist and what was kind of causing everything because I felt like you know not that these shows are are based in our reality you know in any way shape or form but 
I always felt like Marvel did a great job of, of kind of keeping you grounded. You know what I mean? Like Iron Man, you could kind of see play out in our world, you know, and it mm-hmm. wasn't too over the top other than just Tony being completely bat spit, insane, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, you know, where, where Diana is, is a bit of a, you know, she, she's the God killer, but she's also a God herself in, in many ways. I just wonder if, if that's kind of, and, and I don't mean to dive right into the negative here, but I wonder if that's becoming kind of the Achilles heel for her is it's like, how do you, how do you bring about a compelling villain for someone who is basically a God? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I thought they did a, an interesting job with it. I, I liked how... You know, I, I was struggling with it for, for most of the movie, but then when we got to the end and there was that whole kind of speech she gives where she's kind of doing it through through the villain who was played by Mendo, Pedro Pascal. Yes, yes. They all With a glorious, you. glorious mustache. Oh my gosh, fantastic. And really living what uh, Grief Karga put forth in season one when he said, they all hate you. Uh-huh. But no, he he did a fantastic job. But but just the idea that everyone lives with these hurts, you know, and and that trying to shortcut your way out of them, and and you know this whole idea of wishing away the things that that you know are are the challenges in our lives are are is really not a way to live. And so so I, I thought the story and 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 the message of the story was was good. I was just struggling with the execution of it a little bit. Um, mm. I was really surprised by how little we saw of Wonder Woman, you know what I mean? And maybe that was on purpose. I mean, compared with the first one, you know what I mean? It just seemed like there was a bit more of her in the very first one than there was in, in this one. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I thought it was, it was uh, you know, it was entertaining. I, I thought it was a good story, but I just felt like with all the chaos that had been kind of generated by Pedro Pascal's character, I just... I, I thought the ending just was like way too neat for what it ended up happening. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and 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 so I just kind of struggled with that a little bit. But those are my first impressions. How about you, sir? I don't want to say it's a terrible movie, so I won't. I, okay. And 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 for reasons which I'll elucidate later on. But it's a bad movie. Okay, so you did not like it. It it is not a good movie in any way, shape, or form. Okay, okay. And the has has problems aplenty and plot holes big enough to fly three invisible jets wingtip to wingtip through <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> it, it's not good. It's yeah. not good. And and especially and it's it's not good because Wonder Woman was the shining star in the pile of dog crap that was DC movies. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't even match up. Like, this movie is, it's not quite Justice League, Batman v Superman bad. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not as good as Aquaman. And I wouldn't even, I mean, I would say Aquaman was, even though it's kind of the second best DC movie, although I'd actually, no, I would make a, I would make a case that Birds of Prey was a better DC movie than, than, than Aquaman. So even though that's third best, this is easily fourth. Okay. Easily. Yeah. And and I just I I was shocked at how how bad this movie was. And it instantly made me like just feel more nervous for Rogue Squadron coming up because I was just like, "Oh, we, I mean, Patty Jenkins is I mean, is running it. It's going to be freaking great." Now, I'm like, "I don't know about that so much." Because I mean, 
Patty Jenkins was writing her own ticket on this one. Like this was mm. her team, this was her movie, this was her thing. Mm. And man, belly flop is uh, is kind of the nice way I could put this. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and here's where I struggle because when when you know when we talk Marvel and what we loved about it, you know, the whole Infinity Stone concept and how it kind mm-hmm. of stretched across the movies and how fantastical that is and and so out of the realm of of reality for us. You know, I, I can't fault them for trying to use devices like something like a wishing stone or something like that. You know, I mean, it's it, I, I can't sit here and say that was, you know, an awful concept. In, in some ways, I, I kind of like the idea of, oh, well, that was a, kind of an ingenious way, not knowing directly what she was doing, but for Kristen Wiig's character to say, I want to be like this person and not realizing what she was actually <laughs> wishing for was kind of funny mm-hmm. because, you know, her, her character ends up clearly just kind of going to the other extreme with, with these new powers that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I struggle with, and, and, and I'm sorry I'm jumping into this already, but but let's see where the conversation takes us. Oh, no, go right for the worst. I don't, I, I don't really have a whole lot to contribute to the best. That might be, yeah, that'll be a yeah. shorter list well, later. Here's what I want to get your thoughts on. At the end of Wonder Woman 1, mm-hmm. she faces off against Ares. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're talking about her and her origin story. You know, I, I think about like, like Iron Man or like Captain America, right? I mean, they were fighting people who were at their level, but not like so far beyond it, right? And, yeah. and, and they were human. Uh, human that, or sorry, enhanced human, right? Not a god, mm-hmm. but an enhanced human. Or in Tony's case, like I said, just, you know, wildly intelligent. And they, you know, when I think of Iron Man 1, it's not like Tony dominates and gets away with it. You know, I mean, he he, he barely makes it out of there, you know, and, and, and just, you know, kind of, you know, by, by the skin of his teeth almost, you know. Yeah. And when I was watching Wonder Woman 1, even that one, I just kind of sat back and I'm like, I feel like some of this battle is is just like a video game gone insane. You yes. know what I mean? It's like how much fury and and fire and brimstone are, can you drum up where it just becomes almost like laughable at some points, you know? Mm-hmm. But she at the end of that movie has has beaten and dominated a Greek god, right? So mm-hmm. now what I feel like the challenge is if you're going to try to do another movie with her is what is it that is going to challenge her? You know what I mean? Like when you're talking, and this is, I think, the issue with Superman as well. It's like when you're dealing with godlike beings, how do you make it relatable in today's kind of comic book movie sensibility? You know what I mean? Because so much of it is driven from reality, right? Dark Knight trilogy, people could relate to it. Mm. It didn't, you know, Batman didn't seem like so far reaching. You know, millionaire who happens to have a lot of gadgets and you know, is just devoted to defending his city and so forth. You know, I mean, you could see that play out. It it didn't seem like that far gone. But when you're dealing with like gods who just operate at a different level than we do, it's like it it feels it begins to create distance, I feel, you know, from from being relatable. Mm -hmm. Does does, does that make sense or am I? No, it totally does. And (laughs) and my my answer to that is that DC is just not good at this. Yeah. Yeah. They are not good at this they're they've 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 been good at comic books yeah i mean well relatively speaking i mean there's a lot of rumors about how you know where dc is financially but i mean there's been plenty of superman comics over the years 
been plenty of Batman comics. I mean, there's there's been bad guys and and bad guys who aren't quite as good as as other bad guys. But you know, the the main problem is once again it goes back to Warner Brothers working with DC mm-hmm. had three of the most iconic comic book characters of all time, not just in their universe of all time. Mm-hmm. They got Batman, they got Superman, they got Wonder Woman. You name me another three that individually have more resonance and history than those three individual characters, Yeah, I will buy you a bottle of Old Forester. Because <laughs> there ain't none. Yeah. Because, I mean, Superman has been in approximately 8,000 comic books at this point. You know, Batman has been in a ton of comic books. Wonder Woman has had huge runs. You know, Marvel started off with Iron Man, a B-level character. Yep. Because they'd sold off anything that anybody else would would actually want. They sold off X-Men. They sold off Fantastic Four. They sold off uh, Spider-Man. And then they even peddled off some of the lower characters. I mean, they they Blade was was given out. You had uh, you had other characters that are just like okay, yeah, just whatever. I mean, for crying out loud, they let freaking Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, be played by David Hasselhoff for the for cash. You know, yeah. so they had to start off with Iron Man. Captain America, Thor, and kind of Hulk, mm-hmm. but not really because they didn't have control over Hulk for quite a while. So really, I mean, they started with like the literally. I mean, it's like Obadiah Stane. They built this out of scraps, you know, right. in a cave, and it's like they managed to find a way to make these characters compelling. You got three of the biggest ever, the the biggest three mm-hmm. collectively. Mm-hmm. Can't do squat. Can't do a damn thing right. It's unreal because you've managed to make money with these characters in comic books for decades. And you go and put them in a movie, (laughs) nothing. I mean, I it's it's I I it's one of those deals where to me it was it was really like by like just luck you would have happened upon a good movie by now. Right, you know, right. Just know. from farting around, you would have come up with one or two that would have been better. Yep. And they haven't. It's almost like they're trying. Their special effects are trash consistently in every single movie, even in Wonder Woman. That final battle with Ares, again, it's video game cutscene level graphics. Yep. And that's every every movie. Like yeah. when they when Justice League came out, you're watching that going, Are we sure this was the finished print? This feels like it should have been like two generations before like the final. Right. Are we sure that they sent out the right movie? Because it doesn't look done. It doesn't look like it all fits. It doesn't look like when Marvel does something. Yeah, some of it's a, some of the the CGI in Marvel hasn't aged quite as well. Like watching Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, like when Thor comes in, and he starts swinging around. Okay, it looks a little CGI. You know what I mean? Like right. you're like right. ah, it's not quite the real world. Yeah, everything in DC movies looks worse than that. Yeah. Like, kind of the worst that Marvel is, is, uh, again, that's why I say, like, Thor Dark World is where DC movies are aspiring to, and they can't hit it. Yeah. That's, like, the that's the, the first rung on the Marvel ladder, and they can't get there. Like, I, I... They're just not good at this. I don't... And I don't know why. I don't know why they spent more money 
then who knows what? Wonder Woman 84 alone cost him $200 million. Right, right. And, and, and it's like, great, yeah, you put a bunch of big stuff on the screen and all this, and, and you did all this. You should have just had Michael Bay direct it, honestly, because like, I mean, that's what it was. It was a wannabe Michael Bay movie. It wasn't a right. good movie. Like, I felt in Wonder Woman 1 that the the scene of her charging No Man's Land, mm. I felt was a better representation of, of the character, and or, or just a better representation of a battle with her. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it, it felt, you know, it just, it felt like what I would expect a battle with some sort of superwoman in the middle of World War One to kind of look like, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. you're showing off her, her skill and her ability and, and her dominance and, and, you know, showing, hey, here's a woman charging a place where man, where men don't want to wander, you know, but because mm-hmm. of who she is. And, you know, one, one thought that came into my head through most of Wonder Woman 1 is, is like, Man, you guys are skating pretty dangerously close to Captain America territory. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what I mean. I like, mean, like, like yeah. down to the whole like I'm going in with a group of you know schlucks who are just trying to you know who are just trying to make a difference and are just you know p- part of Steve Trevor's crew or whatever. I mean, th- those guys were great, but there there was that kind of Captain America feel to it, and it was just funny that. You know, as we're watching the movie, my sons were like, "When is this taking place?" And I, and one of them thought it was like World War Two, and I'm like, "No, I think it's World War One because if they did World War Two, that's Captain America." You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it, you're you're kind of treading in a in an era that's already been kind of told, you know, given his his origin story. So I I just felt like that was well done. But yeah, when it came to the Ares thing, it's like it's it's almost like quasi like a video game wrapped in like a dream where you're like the superhero, you know, where just things are so like just bat spit insane um mm-hmm. with the way it just goes and and i'm just like this is just i'm waiting to see like you know times two time like you know those video games like street fighter where it's like times two times five as you're like wailing into the guy or something you know yeah. it's like i'm waiting for that to start appearing on screen because we got to that point you know yeah it was just and so the, out there. Oh, and, the, and the other thing is that that kind of ticked me off and kind of goes into the effects is uh, wonder woman you know one the battle with Ares, yeah, it it was what it was, and hey, fine, I'll I'll tolerate it because I think the rest of the movie was really good. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. you know, because let's face it, I mean, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine have ridiculous chemistry oh, on yeah. on screen. Um, Chris but, Pine's hysterical. Yeah, I mean, even in Wonder Woman eighty four, and and we'll get to my thoughts on on him being back in in some strange form there, but no, I mean, he was hysterical. Yeah, and the thing is though. They had this the final battle in in Wonder Woman one again at night, mm-hmm. and then you have the final battle with uh, with Cheetah at night. Mm-hmm. It's all it does is it reminds me of Hulk, the Ang Lee yeah. Hulk. Yeah. And like the worst thing you can do is like you have these superheroes doing super things, and you can and sometimes you can barely tell what's going on because oh it's dark and it's it's like no I don't want to see him fighting the, I didn't pay. You know, in this case, I didn't pay. Well, I paid whatever fifteen dollars it is for you know HBO for the month, pretty much for this movie. Really, I mean, let's just you know face it. And I don't want to see like shadows. I want to see what's going on. <laughs> I don't want right, to have to wonder right. like, oh, did she just hit him? I don't know. Eh, well, you know, it. it and it, but you're doing it. I feel in some cases to hide the special effects. 
Like I definitely felt like yeah. it was in Hulk that they were doing that to kind of hide this, the kind of the, the special effects were going to be a little dodgy. I almost feel like that's what's happening here, and it's uh, it, oh man. And but but then at least at least in the in Wonder Woman one, you have a final confrontation with the big bad and the big good. And they go head to head. In Wonder Woman 84, you get a rope around the dude's ankle. You get a speech. And a monologue. Like, really? Well, and and not only that, but just like, you know, again, similar to the the first movie, I just felt like everything going on with this whole wish granting thing and stuff like that, I was just like, it's, it's just going to such a, to coin your phrase, bat spit insane place. Like I, yeah. I just, I just felt like the entire world was just going toward, was hurling toward insanity, and there was, and and I felt the the more they just let it go, it's like, how are you going to unwind yourself out of this without it being a really sort of cheesy device? Well, not to mention that when you when you get into this level of an event, of the entire world is falling apart, and this affects every single person, every single human being on the planet, right. Now, how do you explain that people don't know who Wonder Woman is? Right, right. I mean, I would think between 1984 and whenever, you know, Batman v Superman happens in like, you know, 2008. Mm-hmm. How do people not know who Wonder Woman is? Yeah. Like, how, how does she like go about her daily life? Because, I mean, let's face it, the disguise really is, it's not even like Clark, Clark Kent level. It's like a headband. Not even yeah. the glasses, just a headband. Otherwise, Diana Prince looks pretty much exactly like Wonder Woman. Yep. Yep. I agree. And now you have something that every single person on the planet has heard her voice, has, uh, I'm guessing, seen her or, or you know, I'm, however the whole thing works, because, again, they don't even necessarily explain it, that, you know, how is she not now known? Everywhere. Right. But no, I mean, hey, just, you know, everybody forgot. Like, Really? That would almost be like, like at least in, in Marvel movies, they kind of reference, like, oh, the Battle of New York, Sokovia. Like, the stuff actually happened, right, and right. There, was, there, was, there was a cost to it, and it gets brought up. Here, like, you have the entire world just went absolutely off the chain cray-cray. Yep. And yep. then everyone went back. And it's just, and by the time Christmas rolls around, everyone's just fine. Like, right. Exactly. What? Exactly. What the hell? What are you? What? Yep. Uh, like you, you again, don't know what you, you, yeah, you, you don't know what happened to Max Lord, right? You, you have no idea what happened to him. You have no idea what. Oh happened yeah, he to just Kristen ran Wig's off with character. his kid. Right. Yeah, yeah. No idea oh, what happened with Kristen Wig. Like I, yeah, it, it was very strange. It was just there. There wasn't really uh, a conclusion of sorts to things because, like, even with, like, I, I, I was really just kind of puzzled by by what they did with Kristen Wiig's character because it's like you just there's a scene with her back to normal just kind of looking out at a sunset and it's like okay well what is that supposed to mean like is her character going back to what she was before is is you know like what like like there was no end to it for them yeah no it you know what the more I think about it you know what movie this reminds me of I'm gonna get a shiver down my spine just saying it Uh oh Fant Forstick Oh, jeez. Where it just comes to a point, it's like, and this is where the movie ends because this is how long a movie goes. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and we're done. What? Yeah. How does that resolve anything? How does that make sense? Oh, it doesn't need to make sense. It's comics. Like, no. 
that's not how this works. Yeah, that's like, not how any of this works. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to go to the Marvel well again, but but I'll I'll, I'll bring this up. Like I thought it was really, you know, you know, just kind of very interesting storytelling in in Infinity War. You don't have Thanos appear with a ship invading Earth with his with his massive army. Mm-hmm. Right. Infinity War, you have Thanos appearing in Wakanda, which is already kind of a hidden area, you know, from from Earth uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And from that very subtle appearance, you know, where, where he's not on camera, not, you know, revealed to anyone on, on the planet, he wipes out half of existence, mm-hmm. you know, from, from from that setting. It isn't until we get into Endgame that Thanos makes his his true pre- like this is when Earth is exposed to the massive ship and the army and everything else, but it makes sense, you know what I mean? And there's like a definitive end to it, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like Thanos is off and you know just looking at the sunset and that's the end of it, you know. It's like he fought, he suffered a consequence, and he is now no more. Yeah, and you know that that to me is is something that was just lacking with this movie was was the stakes like like what are the real stakes at this point you know because because if everything is going downhill and then magically like you like i like how you said it's like by christmas everyone's hugging each other it's a big happy love fest at the end yeah it's like like like, let's just pretend that the entire world doesn't have ptsd and it would be in like there would be a shortage of psychologists because everybody needs a therapist at that point yeah yeah the entire world would just be zonked out on like thorazine And, and like, because literally, like, you just watch the entire world crumble, and like, you're like, some dude, like, he was wishing that this lady was dead, and she just dropped dead, and like, you go through that, you're gonna be messed up. Like, you're not just gonna bounce back, and like, well, I guess everything's okay. All right. Like, and and not to mention just the destruction of the world. Right. You know, like, oh yeah, that wall just came down in 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 a you know in Egypt, but you know. All this, I mean, like, there's like zero consequences. Like, oh, and everything went back to the way it was. Really? Right. Well, what kind of what kind of like fan fiction written by a sixth grader is this? Well, and 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 especially the issue with you know the U.S. and Russia launching against each other. It's like, so they launched the missiles, and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm I'm nitpicking at this level, but why is it that every missile in the air was the ones they wished for? It could have been the ones they already had. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, and it's like, more than likely it would have been. They're not going away. So now, uh, you know, it just it, it just went to this absurd, absurd place. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, and just just from that perspective. And yeah. So they just try to get too big with the story. The, yes. Yeah. And and isn't it funny that the 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 movies that typically in and I'm trying I'm sorry if I'm saying this out of turn and not really thinking of a case where Marvel did this. I'm really racking my brain with Marvel where there's been a case of multiple villains. I know Endgame is kind of the culmination of everything, but I feel like like whenever Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man 3 is not highly regarded. That had two villains in it. I'm trying to think there was, what was the other example? You could make the case that Thor Dark World had two villains because you have Loki and then you have the the. That's fair. It, it, it just seems thing. like when you go that path, when you have two villains, it just always seems to be like an unfocused mess. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because you need you need to have a, a singular point, and and the, the fact is sometimes when you when you're doing that, it doesn't make sense. Like you're just doing it in order to sandwich 
as much, you know, kind of names into the thing. Yeah. Instead of actually thinking it through and going, you know what, we we really don't need two villains. Like one villain would probably actually work better. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, especially in this, like, uh, so, okay, I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes because, uh, once again, I'm going to go to the well uh, with uh, with my good personal fr- No, he's not my good personal friend. I follow him on Twitter. So, I mean, in some realm, we're we're connected by like 36 degrees of separation. Connected but Mark Bernardin. Bits. Yes, uh, Mark Bernardin on Fat Man Beyond basically did a real-time rewrite of this movie. And I was like, yep, I would have rather seen that movie. Really? Completely. Like, just based off of what you, I mean, and maybe he scribbled down some notes beforehand. Maybe it just came out of his brain. I don't care either way. Like, what he said was a better movie than this. Yeah. And essentially, I'll, you know, you, you like watch that and I'll, you know, all credit to him. But basically saying, like, it should have been between, it should have been between uh, Minerva and Diana. Mm hmm. They, you know, Cheetah should have been the big bad and let it be between those two and have the reckoning happen between those two. And Max Lord is like a side character or is just not in the in the movie at all. Like, yeah. take that entire thing out and just make it between these two women and 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 Barbara Minerva trying to, you know, become like Diana or become Diana and all this and just make it that. Yeah. And and just that change, all of a sudden, a lot of the stuff that is going weird in this movie just falls away. Yeah. And now you have an actual story with some stakes, and it doesn't need to be like a world crisis level event, and you can have yourself a good movie. Right. And and I, I, I listened to it, I'm like, yep, that would have been, I don't know how many times better, it would have definitely been better. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was, it, Max Lord... Uh, and the whole, I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, we just we just fawned over the whole Infinity Saga, which is rotating around six space rocks to control time, space, mind, soul, whatever, gas, I, I whatever. You know, I mean, taco farts. I I don't whatever <laughs> they control. So I'm I'm forgetting two or three, but you know, whatever. You you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So a wishing rock shouldn't be that weird. Yeah. Well, it isn't, except that the rules around this thing don't seem to have much consistency. And then you actually take the wishing rock and the and the rock becomes a person. And then things really start getting weird because now it's this like, you know, monkey paw thing where like, oh, it gives, but it takes and this and that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How is that working before? And how's that working with this character? And how's that working with this character? And the, the kid can apparently make like three wishes, but none yeah. of them get answered. And, you know, now everyone gets one wish. But then at the end, oh, Diana's going to get two wishes because he's feeling generous. But why? Ah, reasons and like just that's a really good so stupid yeah that that, that's that's something that was really getting confusing toward the end especially when he that whole interchange with him and the you know what i guess would have been president reagan or whatever is oh by the way worst reagan ever in a movie i'm like you couldn't like you couldn't come up with a better prosthetic (laughs) or anything than that (laughs) seriously but that that whole scene and I, yeah, I was really confused because, like, typically people would make wishes and it's like all of a sudden there's, like, this thing where he can take from them or something. And it's, it was just yeah. strange. It was just, like, out of nowhere. and Well, it kind of makes sense, except they didn't explain yeah. any of that. Yeah. Of, like, how that collapsed all these other civilizations. Yeah. They just were like, ah, well, it just happened. Right. Right. Oh, kidoki. Yeah. You know, like, all right, sure. 
well, we don't need to explain it to you. It's a comic book movie. And that's what it feels like. It was almost like, well, it's a comic book movie. You just go with it. Like, no. Like, I'm still expecting a, a halfway decent story that you're not half-assing. I mean, come on. Right, right. I mean, it, 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 I, that felt like it felt like that was like the get out of jail free card. Like, ah, it's a comic book movie. Ah, just go with it. Ah, no, I'm I'm actually expecting a movie that makes some. Again, it doesn't have to make sense in my world. It just has to make sense in this world. And you're failing left, right, and center. One one part I found kind of funny, you know, just because of what we've been talking about is, you know, at the tail end after after uh, Max Lord has been, you know, after he renounces his wishes. And he goes running out of this government facility, mm-hmm. looking for his son. And his son just comes running out of the forest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I'm was like, the other thing. Like, I'm like, huh? Because <laughs> it looked like it looked like that government facility was on an island. Yes. Yes. But now he's going to go out and he's going to find the kid who's just out yep. wandering in the wilderness. Oh, yep. yeah. Sure. Because why not? Yeah. And and you, Why not? and and you brought up a good point. I mean, his son several times wishes for his father be with him and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, why isn't that screwing up what he's trying to do? Because he's, yeah the 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 dynamics of this compared to when you look at the Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones had consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, yes they they were they were the MacGuffin that was always kind of you know used to kind of explain some thing going wrong you know, with, with some particular hero or set of heroes within a story. But at the end of the day, there was consistency to it, you know, and, and there was, you know, like, like with guardians of the galaxy, right. Mm-hmm. You know, we end up finding out that star Lord was part human, part kind of God of sorts. And and so he could handle the power stone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he could do this stuff. And it was, it was kind of a revealing of who he was. Mm-hmm. And that made sense, you know, this just like like you said the the rules were just it felt like they were constantly shifting. We haven't really talked about Steve Trevor coming back. Oh jeez. And that was a little strange at first because I was confused, you know, it was some other guy who sounded like him, you know, visually mm-hmm. you see him and and he is a different person and it took a little bit to kind of register that okay, this isn't really him. It's it's him kind of almost like imbued in, into a different person, you know, and mm-hmm. and it was just strange. Um, oh, and it and it, here's another thing. I'll try I'll try and find this and and link to it. But again, it was like it was phrased as as Wonder Woman 84 has a consent problem because essentially mm-hmm. like he's taken over this dude's body, yes. which I'll let me get to that in a moment. Uh, but he's taken over this dude's body. So then Diana wants to have a little schnick schnack with her with her boy toy except she ain't really having schnick snack with him it's with his other dude yeah and then he wakes up and then they see each other and she's sort of like hey it's like whoa okay that's kind of weird yeah you know like things happened and uh you know i wasn't in my body at the time but yeah but the the whole thing that that was just weird was again doesn't have to make sense in the real world Mm -hmm. should make sense in this world yeah and in a world where the wishing rock just poof out of nowhere creates hundreds of nuclear warheads yes where all of a sudden a an 80 you know 800 foot wall rises up out of nothing Mm -hmm. you know where all these things happen but you got it he has to take over someone else's body yeah 
Why? Why can't Steve Trevor come back? I mean, it's so much neater and cleaner from a story perspective. You don't have to waste right. all the time of like, oh, well, you look like and this and that. And it's, it seemed like such a weird, bizarre thing to do. And it and and it never really kind of made sense. And it was like, it was just time that was taken up that could have been used for, I don't know, <laughs> you know, coming up with a coherent story. Yeah. I mean, you know, just spitballing here. Yeah. But it was just weird and stupid like just from a story writing perspective i just it doesn't make any sense why that has to happen it, again your story centers around a magic wishing rock yep. why couldn't steve trevor just poof into existence everything else in the freaking movie did right right you know makes things a little bit less awkward yeah i mean i i liked you know i i thought the parts where where it was just you know chris pine there was was really funny i liked what they were doing with you know, his reactions to, you know, present day, or I shouldn't say present day, but, you know, just the 80s and what he mm. was used to. And, but there, there, there came a point with it where it's like, oh, okay, so they go to the Smithsonian and they steal a jet. Oh boy. Yes. And here he is, a guy who flew in the 20s. And granted, there are probably certain not uni- even, universal, not even quali- universal you're qualities. Like, you're talking the 19 teens. I know. World War One. There's probably some universal skills, qualities, whatever you want to call them, that exist when flying. But how does a guy who flew in the teens, as you said, mm-hmm. know how to run a jet? <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like if someone who who used to chug around in a Model T, you set him inside of a not just a car. I feel you set bad him inside of like a movie. race car. I, I I feel bad ripping on it, but I mean, the more we talk about it, the more just nonsensical stuff there is it's just like well, oh my god because there's i mean every movie has some amount of buy-in that it requires like you have to su- suspend disbelief to a certain degree mm-hmm. and you know what we're willing to do that for various reasons whether because we like the character we like this we like that or we're just willing to say okay in this world this makes sense fine you're asking me to believe so much stuff that just is like, okay, wait a minute. I was willing to go with you for the wishing rock, for the fact that, you know, Diana's, you know, helps out her friend who's getting attacked by, you know, some drunk dude. And, you know, then just like pimp slaps him across the, the sidewalk, but then just leaves and like, oh yeah, well get home safe. Yeah. Like, uh, how? How does that make sense? You like you just had to save her. Maybe you might want to finish the job and walk her home. Okay, fine. So either Wonder Woman is like just you know the worst superhero ever, or you know she feels like you know, or maybe Barbara's house was like right there. I don't know. But anyway, you have so many buy-ins before you even get to that. That by the time you get there, and they're like, oh, by the way, by the way, the Smithsonian keeps has an airport of its own, which I. I didn't know. I didn't know that the Smithsonian had their own airport. Probably because I don't think they do. I'm willing to. I'd be willing to put a nickel on that <laughs> as a bet. But if they did, I somehow doubt that the Smithsonian has fully freaking fueled jets sitting on the tarmac with the keys in them. <laughs> apparently, like just unlocked and just sitting there, ready to go. And then you're expected that. Oh yeah, by the way, Steve Trevor gets in the plane. And oh yeah, he knows where the fuel is and the start and this and that and the other and the and is moving approximately 
eight times as fast as he ever moved in his biplanes when he used to fly and knows exactly when to when to pull up and you know to take off and all that because that's not any different yeah oh it's just it's all just a feel of flying right okay so then they take off and they're going to fly from there to egypt okay because that plane doesn't have enough fuel to get there but oh whatever what what freaking ever then they take off and then oh well they can see us on radar okay i made a coffee cup disappear once i'm gonna make the jet disappear say what and it works and now they're just kind of lazily flying to the fireworks over DC and having this moment. And it's like, you know what? I, no, it, you, you've taken me like five steps. It's not just like one bridge too far. We're five bridges in two counties too far. Like, no, no, you've, you, we're done. Like, I, I can't buy this. I mean, it makes zero sense in any yeah. world, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Not unless the guy whose body he took over, if you're like, okay, the reason that he took over this guy's body is because he was a pilot, and some of the residual memory carries over. At least that would have made sense. Yeah. And I just made that up in the last 10 seconds. Because you're good like that. No, it's just because I, I'm trying to find a common sense, and apparently these people are just like, nah, whatever. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I feel like and Uncle Todd's heading into Lewis Black territory if we don't pull up from no, this soon. No, I've got I've got a little list here, and I've only crossed two things off, oh, and we've already Moses. we've already. I mean, okay, so oh no, okay, no, three things. All right, because we got that. Okay, next up, next up, yes, armor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she just had the armor sent, and it's wrapped up in her office. Where it came from and all that, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I, I got FedEx to me. Kind of lame what debut a- for that armor, huh? Oh yeah. And then this armor was built so that it could hold off against all the warriors of the world because this this one warrior, this one Amazon, volunteered to take on the entire world, and it was it was built. They all gave up their weapons to forge this one suit of armor that could take on the world. And Cheetah rips it apart in about 10 seconds. Like, okay, well, I guess that armor didn't quite, you know, age all that well. Now, did it? <laughs> Build up this thing as, like, as this, like, huge deal that it was. It allowed the Amazon race to survive by, by keeping the rest of humanity, humanity, at bay. Mm-hmm. And Kitty Cat rips it apart I know. like it's tinfoil. I know. Okay. I mean, oh, so we just don't give a crap about, you know, like, you know what? I, I'm starting to wonder if DC just doesn't hate their fans. That's what I'm starting to, is, is the whole thing like a big troll? Because it's starting to feel like it. I honestly came into this conversation thinking you, you'd have more positives to go off of. My God, you're you're just. You're, oh, no, no, no. Oh. no. And, and then we get into Diana's job. It's Hacksaw Jim which, Duggan with the two by four. Look out. Oh. Which, which apparently. Diana has one of those jobs where she doesn't even have to be at the job ever. Like she just kind of breezes in, breezes out. Does it's just it's just a like a part time job of an archaeologist. And not to mention the fact that she hasn't aged all that much. So how many times does she move and switch jobs and all that stuff before people like, you know, she's been working here for twenty years and she ain't aged a day. Kind of getting suspicious. Mm -hmm. No mention of that because I mean, again, (laughs) DC hates their fans so yeah so the job doesn't make any sense and and just kind of how because again when she when 
you get to Batman v Superman, uh, she's working at the Louvre then. So apparently she does move around a little bit, but so she somehow gets these jobs that are like really high level. But with I, I don't know how she manages to work the resume aspect of it. Because I would think they check up on the residents, uh, the references before they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you you have the you know you have the Smithsonian key card to oh the the airport that we have with all the fully fueled jets because she did have the the key card for that, which is you know hey that's great. Um, so but yeah, that job doesn't make any sense. Then we get into the whole you know Max becoming the Wish Rock and all that inconsistency, which is just absolutely moronic and stupid. And then we just get down to nuts and bolts. So the you put. The year in the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing because it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and then you have approximately no musical references to the year 1984, and and only vague kind of cultural references, which you all play for, which they all get played for jokes. Mm-hmm. How hard would it have been? Like I I actually look this up, and apparently Rolling Stone actually said that 1984 was one of the greatest years for like pop songs ever and i was looking through the list and as as you can tell so the 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 title of this podcast so cleverly uh you know based off of princes when doves cry 1984 was also the year that we got van halen's 1984 album mm-hmm. uh huey lewis in the news had some hits i mean there was a ton of of like music released in 1984 that would have been iconic not a single freaking needle drop through this whole thing to kind of give you some ambiance for it being it could have been any year it could have been 1994 i will and say the thing is i will say my ears perked up during the mall scene because and i don't know if it's just rush was very derivative when they did this but there, there is a song they I can't think of the name of the song, but it's from, I think, um, either Grace Under Pressure or Signals. But when they were getting more into their synth phase, um, mm-hmm. there was there, there's a synthesizer-y kind of sounding song during the mall scene. Yeah. That I kept waiting to hear like Giddy Lee's voice. And then it was some other voice that came on. It was it, it wasn't the song I thought it was, but it just it sounded eerily close to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're they're playing like a Rush song in Wonder Woman. This is awesome. Um, yeah. But but it, it it was a song that that was kind of typical from that time, and that that was interesting. But that was like the only one. You know what yeah, I mean? There was like there that was, was it. nothing else. I mean, the thing is, like Captain Marvel took place in the '90s. However, it was it really only spent a third of the movie really kind of out in the world of the '90s, like it on on Earth in the 90s in places that you kind of recognize and they still through just like a couple of songs managed to actually kind of give you a feel for it being then like they did a better job in that little bit establishing hey this is taking place here what with blockbuster and all that in a nice subtle way rather than like hey this takes place in 1984 we're going to play it up in all the the posters and all this stuff and it's part of the you know WW84 and then you get to it, and it's like, yeah, and we're going to hammer you over the head with it with jokes, but no music to set in the atmosphere, and really nothing that made it have to be in 1984 except, like, well, Cold War. But Cold War could have been, like, 1981, 1987, 
I mean, it could have been anywhere in there. And yeah. honestly, if you if you're just going to use a nuclear threat, I mean, hell, that could have been like last year. Like, there's still nukes out there. I don't. I mean, to spoil anyone's day, but they're still out there. You know, it's, there's a lot less of them. But I mean, you, you, like a lot of this stuff, just placing it in 1984 to me almost seemed like it had no purpose. And that was another part that to me just was like, okay, it just picked at random because, hey, the 80s are cool. Yeah. yeah. But we're not really going to reference the 80s all that much except for, like, dressing and all that. And then we're going to play it up for jokes and, and chuckles and stuff. And then just right. disregard everything else, you mm-hmm. know? <sighs> and, I mean, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, just some of the stupid stuff. Like, you know, some of the action set pieces. Like, they're trying so hard. They were trying so hard to get, like, a no man's land sort of thing. And the, the, the thing in Egypt where they're on the trucks and all that. Yeah. Not really good. And then, of course, like, the weird thing is, like, out in the middle of the freaking desert, like, you're not seeing anything. Nothing. And then all of a sudden there's this one house. Yeah. Like, approximately six feet from the road. Mm-hmm. What, what, what? And the kids are, of course, playing in the road. Because, I mean, yeah, when you have miles of, like, open ground around here, the one place you're going to play is in the road. Oh, of course. And then, of course, you know, they don't hear the, the like, the trucks that are slamming into each other and revving mm-hmm. diesel engines and, like, gunfire or anything. The kids are just there like, hey, let's throw the ball. I don't hear anything. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I grew up in the 80s. I know we weren't the smartest folks, but you could hear a car coming. Let alone like twelve, you know, trucks all, you know, bashing into each other. You probably someone would turn around and go, "Hey, what the crap is that?" Yeah. And, but yet Diana has to swoop in and save. And and all of this even gets to before the fact that we have that now all of a sudden Wonder Woman is like lassoing lightning bolts and flying. Mm-hmm. You know what? At that point, I was just like, whatever. Just <laughs> it, it, what freaking ever. Just yeah. <laughs> Uncle Todd is 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 throwing the towel in at this point, ladies and gentlemen. At that point, I just I was broken. I'm like I'm just hate watching this movie now. And that uh, was and that's before you even get to the final confrontation. So then you get you get you know Chitara and and freaking Silverhawk fighting it out on on the <laughs> satellite dish, which wherever the hell that might be, because again, there's no geography in Wonder Woman. Like you, it, who knows where this is all happening? I think Max Lord's kid was swimming to the island at that point. Yeah, and, and so then we get that we get that, and you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, and then then of course the 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 high tension high power line goes into the water neither one of them are affected by it like oh okay because electricity doesn't affect cats or people in metal armor okay fine whatever just you know just somebody just please hit me with something just make it go away and then we get to the final confrontation which again isn't even a confrontation it's a lasso around an ankle and a speech because that's what everybody goes to to a comic movie for is a good old fashioned speech. <laughs> I just want to go and hear a nice little monologue about how humanity needs to come together. Because that's gonna work. Just ah. Uh, I feel like you need the uh, Serenity Garden that I have over here, <sighs> just to just to try to level you out there, my friend. You're 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 stressing. You know, I I felt I I felt like I kind of got all this out of my system, and now I'm reliving the movie, and I feel <laughs> I'm I'm hating myself as a human being for have watched the movie. That's where I'm at. It's even I'd better actually, is the runtime oh. of it. Two and a half hours of this. Oh yeah, just I mean, just two and a half hours of just. Ugh. <laughs> 
And I, I'm glad I'm looking at I have the IMDb page up here because I'm at least I know I'm not completely crazy because it has a 5.4 rating mm-hmm. on IMDb. It has a 60 Metascore, which I'm thinking that feels real high to me. Contrast that to Wonder Woman 1, which has a 7.4 rating and a 76 Metascore. I mean, that's that's a big drop considering that you've essentially got, you know, your director, your leads and all that back yep. in place. Yeah. Uh, and you added some star power. I mean, you know, Kristen Wiig is is not a not a schlub, you know, and 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 Pedro Pascal's riding pretty high these days. Mm-hmm. But again, if you don't have a, a halfway decent story, or you don't execute that story well, who cares? Yeah. Ugh. One thing you might want to uh, post in the show notes, you know, that I think is significantly, uh, you know, an improvement upon uh, Wonder Woman here is. Uh, when she was on, when Kristen Wiig was on Saturday Night Live uh, recently, th- she did a great spot. It was called Christmas Morning, mm-hmm. and she plays a mom of a family of four. And j- just watch it; it's it's really funny. Um, you know, kind of sad, kind of funny, but it's almost like you can relate. Like you know, moms who sacrifice like everything for the family, <laughs> sort of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and get the short end of the stick because the family's not thinking about her at all. <laughs> So yeah. it's it's really funny, but um, but yeah, I, I I I would recommend that, and and it would be an improvement over um, yes, this. Yeah, it it and the thing is, the reason why I said I went from terrible to it just being a bad movie, is that in spite of everything, mm-hmm. it still got me a little bit emotional towards the end yeah like they they managed to still grab whatever shred of my soul wasn't trying to leave my body Mm -hmm. as i'm watching this movie it managed to get me a little bit which i was like wow for a movie that has been that has done this much damage to me to still almost pull out like tugging at the heartstrings right it didn't quite do it right but i could kind of feel it getting there i was like wow that's kind of impressive that you managed to do this much wrong and you almost managed to pull it out yeah. so i gave it a, i give it a few points for that but only a few because well, overall it's just not good and that's what i meant by by i think the message of it was good you know what i mean like like i think i think that kind of story I, I don't mean to say like you can't say story because everything we talked about it's not the story it's 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 the ultimate message they're trying to deliver through the story which mm-hmm. is and and it's really well done in the beginning like i i really enjoyed like that kind of throwback to when Diana was a, a child and how she almost won this competition and she tried to win, you know, through taking a shortcut and not fulfilling all of the obligations that she needed to as, as a competitor. And uh, I'm trying to think of her name, uh, Robin Wright's character. Um, oh, yeah, I've got it right here. Hang on. So, uh, Antiope. Antiope. Antiope, you know, stops her. And she's like, no, you're, you're yeah, you were ahead, but you were ahead because you cheated. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you took a shortcut. You don't get to do that. You know, that's not honorable. And, you know, that, that a whole idea about trying to avoid or cut out of your life, you know, the things you don't like. Like you said, like there's that one scene that was really crazy. Like, you know, the guy's like, I, I wish you dropped dead. And, and the lady's like dying of a heart attack. It's like, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> It's like, Jesus. Yeah, but the problem is they didn't tie it directly to Diana. Mm-hmm. Like, even even though I kind of get where they were trying to get to, where right, they were saying, right. you cheated because you brought back, you know, Steve Trevor, and he he's gone. Right. 
you know, right. you cheated to do that. However, was it really cheating because it was a wishing rock? Right. And and I mean, it just it never quite completed the circle of I can't do this because of this and this and uh, like it just sort of figured like oh well they'll connect the dots again like a get out of jail it's a comic book movie yeah. it doesn't need to necessarily connect all the dots yeah. like no it sh- it does it does and that's why I'm actually a little <sighs> bit nervous about Patty Jenkins taking on a Star Wars movie because again and then I almost feel like at that point like, well it's a Star Wars movie it doesn't have to you know that's when I think that like stuff like this doesn't get done well. Mm-hmm. Is when you don't feel like you have to connect the dots, and you don't feel like, well, it's you know, we can just do it because hey, it's sci-fi, or oh, it's just fantasy, or it's oh, it's this, or it's that. No, it it should be. You should still take the craft seriously. Yeah. You know, don't don't mess around with this. If you're gonna do, I mean, and I, I not like I'm saying like I think they just put in like 50% effort, but you know, like actually approach this like you were approaching like another story I don't know how to put it because I, I'm not trying to say I mean Patty Jen- Patty Jenkins is a good director okay I think that this, this movie just for whatever reason just didn't go right you know yeah. she obviously yeah. knows what she's doing because Wonder Woman was a good movie now it'll be I, I've, I haven't seen any of her other I've at least I don't think I've seen any of her other movies I don't know but at some point you have to kind of stop giving yourself an out when you come to a point where it's like ugh this doesn't necessarily quite kind of jibe, and if you were telling a, like a serious drama based in reality, you'd probably have to fix it. But I feel like with Warner Brothers and DC, they they allow a lot of this to go, where it's just like, ah, oh, well, it's just comics. Whereas Marvel, again, having and probably some of that comes from like there's no one person over the DC movies. Right. Like right. it's just kind of like a, a freaking free for all over there. Whereas at least with Feige. Love or hate what he does, at least there is some unity of vision across the entire product. So you don't have these like people just kind of going, oh, I'm just going to go over and do this. Right. You know, oh, it, it, yeah, it's just so frustrating. It's frustrating to watch something. And I, I guess I'm taking it a little personally because I was so looking forward to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This is like the one DC character I actually want to watch, you know? Because yeah. No, I, I remember you talking up Wonder Woman 1, and I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was good. I know I mentioned just some of the issues I had toward the end of it, but I, I thought it was a really well-done origin story. And, and I you know, again, I haven't watched any other DC movies, so, you know, I'm sure watching some of the other ones, I'll be like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I... <sighs> I, I just, you know, the thing is, it's not that I'm rooting for DC to suck. You know, I'm not. I would I would love to have some more movies, you know, that I enjoy watching. And I'd love to have, you know, I thought Man of Steel was good. That was, you know, it's it's pretty good. But, you know, yeah. I forget if it was before uh, Wonder Woman 1 or, or this one, Wonder Woman 84. But coming in there, there's, there's this whole DC Comics thing where they show, like, the whole lineup of superheroes. And, and I just remember mm-hmm. looking at that and thinking to myself, kind of what we've talked about before when we've discussed Marvel in more depth is you guys didn't earn this. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you don't come out of the gate and just show all of your heroes and mm-hmm. be like, Oh, look at this vast universe we have. It's like, no, you, you work your way up to it. That That's why like at the beginning of WandaVision, when, when they do the standard Marvel intro where you're going through Iron Man and the Hulk and Captain America and Thor and all these characters. And I'm sitting here watching it like, Every single one of those characters earned, 
you know, the like the movies that were made about them were, were earned. You know, those stories yeah. were earned. And it's yeah. like to sit there and see like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, and all this stuff, like just this whole lineup of DC comic like heroes just kind of in, in the and it's a stupid intro title. I don't mean to assign a lot of a of, of value or importance to it, but I just look at it like you guys haven't earned this. Like, tell some good stories. Get these characters rolling in a direction where, yeah, at some point you cross them together and you do an Avengers-like story. But, like, let get us to care about them. Don't just throw them together. And, I mean, you know, this whole, like, Justice League reshoot that's going on where it's going to be, like, this four-hour movie on HBO, it's like, why? What have you done to make me care about these guys? Oh, well, the thing, the, the main thing that's driving that is just because, you know, Snyder was left or was forced out however you want to look at it and there's different opinions on both and i i don't really have any skin in the game because again i i've i've yet to find a dc movie except for wonder woman that's that's really worth talking about and you know i i'm i'm not a huge joss whedon fan uh i think he i think avengers one and two were really good movies uh i i can't say that i'm i'm i wasn't a big i wasn't a buffy fan so i I don't even think I've watched one episode of that show. I'm not sure if I've seen anything else that he's really done. I, I, however, I have listened to his commentary track for Avengers one and two, and he sounds like the biggest whiny just jerk in both of those. Like, oh my gosh, it was just such an ordeal to do these movies, and it's like, you know what? Shut up. You know, someone else would have loved to have done that flick, and it. I'm gonna guess that they they didn't pay you, you know, like seven twenty five an hour to do it like just get off your freaking high horse of oh it's so difficult and i was just exhausted like you know what (laughs) really you get to go to work and make believe let's just let's just frame it and just you know just to bring you back to earth like not that i'm not saying like directing producing you know acting and all that isn't real jobs because they are but you need to have a little perspective you know, and the yeah. and the best actors and directors and writers and people that I've I've heard are the ones who do have that perspective. Like, listen, don't get me wrong, this is a charmed life. Yeah. You know, yeah. but there's some stuff wrong. Like, okay, good. At least you seem to understand the world. Like this dude is just like just whining and crying and oh and this and yeah. that and yeah. It's like, and 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 from what we've learned afterwards of Josh Sweden, I don't feel all that bad for him because he doesn't seem like a terribly nice person. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess I won't be in the next Joss Whedon movie. Whatever. I can live with that. But it's like the the whole like Justice League thing. It's taking place because people wanted to see that cut, and Snyder's done a great job of managing to kind of gin up this support for it. And hey, it'll be an interesting curiosity. It's still not going to be a terrific movie because you, there's only so much you can do. Like you have to have the germ of a good movie in there, and Justice League, eh, there might be a germ of a good movie in there, but unless you do something really big at the end, it ain't going to fix that movie. Who knows? I could be completely wrong, but I don't think it's going to fix it that much where all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, it's as good as the Avengers, as the first Avengers movie. It's as good as Endgame. It's exactly. as good as this. Exactly. Because it's, it's, at it's most, not it'll be like, At most, it'll be like, hey, it went from like the worst DC movie to like the third worst. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess that's progress. And it'll make money. I mean, I'm sure someone's done the math on this, but it's not like all of a sudden it's going to be this bright, shining diamond. Right. It'll just be like the shiniest rhinestone in the turd pile. Because to bring it all full full circle, you can't take shortcuts, baby. 
Mm-mm. Can't take those shortcuts. Nope. Unless, of course, you know, you're this movie and you, know, <laughs> you still manage to make a buttload of money and they're going to make a Wonder Woman 3. Because <laughs> oh. why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're still waiting for another Buckaroo Bonsai movie, but yet we get another Wonder Woman movie instead. Mm-hmm. A little deep cut for all the geeks out there. That's right. I, you know what? I'm pretty much ranted out on this one. So, uh, what do you got? What do you got for uh, and another thing this week, sir? And another thing. Uh, I know it's uh, kind of the end of January, so we're well past the time of the holiday season, uh, moving forward and onward into 2021. But uh, over the holidays, uh, we, you know, as we watch the holiday movies that we enjoy. We also watched on Netflix the holiday movies that made us uh, Elf, the story behind Elf. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm recommending this. This was very interesting. Really fascinating to hear how this movie was re- came from a story written by a guy who really had no Hollywood roots, um, you know, just, just, you know, a writer who put together a story and was just trying to sell it into uh, some movie studios. You know, really everything about it was very patchwork, you know, pulling in different different individuals who who were just, you know, kind of on their first run in terms of the movie business and just listening to the story and just like, how on earth did this movie get made? It was incredible. It was just such a neat, a neat back, you know, background story and, you know, landing, uh, you know, landing Will Ferrell, you know, for for, for the main role and and getting Favreau to direct and, and, you know, remembering that this was really Favreau's, you know, kind of first foray into really directing and kind of getting himself established. And, um, Mm. And just how even with that, he just kind of came in. I, I, I appreciated that there was like these three goals that Favreau had. And, uh, you, you know, one of them was was to kind of bring that 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 Rankin and Bass sensibility into the movie. There was I forget what the other two were, but but, you know, seeing already just in the beginning that he just had a plan, you know, he just knew what, mm. he, you know, the, like how he wanted to take the story and, and tell it in, in a in a funny and, and compelling way and in a relatable way for people, because even, you know, our kids who, who grew up, I mean, our, our both our kids were, were born in, in the two thousands, you know, they love watching Rudolph and they love watching, you know, the heat miser and, and all, mm-hmm. you know, all those stories that were from way back in the fifties and sixties, you know, th- those are just very relatable, connectable pieces of, of, of storytelling and, and just resonate across the ages. And so, so it was just, it was just fun to just kind of see just how this, this movie came to be and just how it was just kind of this grassroots ground, you know, from the ground up sort of effort um, to, to make it happen. And, uh, and, and these, you know, the, the, the whole series of, you know, the, 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 whatever that made us, they, they do it in a very funny way. You know, they, they, they mm-hmm. tell the story in a very entertaining and, and just kind of lighthearted way. And so it was just, it was, I mean, Elf is just a great, you know, going back to our, our, our jingle, jingle this, uh, you know, episode we did a while back, uh, a while back, month ago, um, <laughs> It's it only seems like eight months ago. We're still in COVID time. Feels like uh, it's been ages, but uh, you know, going back to that episode, and I, I think Elf was was a, was a high pick on both our lists. Um, it, it was it was just very fascinating to to hear the story behind it. So I would highly recommend on Netflix the holiday movies that made us the Elf edition. Nice, and that always I always think it's interesting those movies that almost 
they almost defy convention and reality in order to get made. Yes. Like it's, it, yes. It's one of those deals like this shouldn't have happened. Yes. It shouldn't have happened. 100%. Like, by all, in, in, if you took this in 100 cases, 99 cases, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that one case, it works and it worked to perfection. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. You might have talked me into getting, uh, uh, getting back to a Netflix subscription just for that. And a- <laughs> gotta cancel a WWE one first, but <laughs> well, no, because we. I gotta hang on to that for another week or so. Oh, and, that's and right. We'll yeah, we we have things in the works. I've already invested, anyways. At this point, I'm pretty sure I've. I'm. I'm pretty sure I've gone past the billing period, so I might as well ride it out for another month. <laughs> Actually, no, I ought to cancel it now. That way it doesn't roll over again on oh, me. That's what I should do. Geez, if if I were smart, but as we all know, eh, let's not talk about that. Uh, so what do you have, sir? Well, I'm going to do a little callback because I think we might have done this before, but it's a, it's a good cause and it's a it's a worth re-mentioning. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those who don't know, uh, we are very much uh, fans of Battlestar Galactica, the Ron Moore edition. We are. Yeah! One of our, uh, yeah, I, you might not have noticed. How much of that, uh, how's that, uh, how's that old Forrester treating you, by the way? What dimension am I in right now? <laughs> Where are my pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, uh, gosh. But uh, as if you may, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't known, uh, then uh, our beloved XO uh, Saul Ty, otherwise known as the actor Michael Hogan, uh, he uh, he has had some medical problems, uh, had a fall apparently, mm-hmm. and then uh, had some uh, brain issues after that with some swelling and and just not great stuff. I'm not a doctor, so I don't. You're not. I'm not the one you want to be explaining medical things to you under any circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but suffice it to say, he's had a rough time of it, and at this point, is basically at a point where he is more than likely he will not be able to work anymore. Uh, so, uh, with medical bills and everything else, that's uh, that's a rather. Uh, a rather big burden for him and his wife to bear. So uh, there has been a great kind of groundswell of support in the Battlestar Galactic community for this thing called Fleet is Family. And you can actually follow this on uh, Twitter. It's at Fleet is Family. Pretty easy to find. And they've been doing uh, a, a drive where they have a store. You can go and buy Battlestar Galactica merch, not necessarily <laughs> authorized, but it's Fleet is Family, and they have a bunch of different cool stuff. And all of the proceeds go to the GoFundMe that has been started from Michael Hogan. And right now, I, nice. it's actually kind of nice to know that the Michael Hogan Fund is actually over goal. Oh, that's good. That's so good. they have met and surpassed the goal. However, I, I'm just going to say, like, this goal is not that huge when you start thinking about how people are going to live, how people are going to uh, deal with medical bills and medical care and things like that. Uh, so it's it, it's it's a lot of money, as we all know, with, uh, with anything like this, a lot of money can disappear real quick. So uh, it's always good to uh, venture over to the store. However, they've got some new merch there, which is, I'm going to get a couple of these things. One of them actually is really cool. Uh, I think I might have to do this if I can find a place to put it. They have uh, a 33 clock. So they have a just a regular wall clock with the 33 like taped in the position it was like on all the clocks in the show. Oh wow! Uh, and then they also have a uh, a new graphic. It's uh, jump is what they're calling it, but it is the coordinates that Starbuck puts in in the season finale that jumps them to Earth. Nice. Uh, and then, of course, they the new one that they the newest one they have is it's called the Hard Six. Ah. 
<laughs> it's like a couple of dice, but it's it can also be looked at as from the back like a viper, like the three engine or the engine cones on a viper nice. um, so it's kind of cool they've got a lot of great merch there and again 100 percent of the profit goes to uh, the michael hogan gofundme so definitely check that out all the links will be there and uh, consider making a purchase if you can and uh, if you can't kind of scrap up the money for something like there you can go over to the gofundme page uh, which if you go to the at fleet family they have a link there to it you can kick in like five ten whatever whatever you can spare and throw it in there uh to help out michael and his uh and his wife and uh as we always say you know best of best wishes to the exo uh we wish him nothing but uh good health and a, and a, a continued recovery <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, that's that's my poor attempt at doing just that that classic laugh from from Mr. Hogan. I might have to overdub that because that was almost like a penguin choking. Please, I, I don't just <laughs> just cut it, just cut it. Oh, sweet Moses, what was I thinking? Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have come to the end of our time together this week. Mm. Uh, we do appreciate you all tuning in. We. We thank all the members of the Free Range ADC congregation for gathering once again, and uh, and and as we read from these scriptures of idiocy, and uh, which is basically just whatever happens to come up out of our pie holes during this time. It's Uncle Todd's uh, malcontent list. <laughs> yeah, my list of grievances, which quite honestly, I'm festivus I'm kind is of... coming early this year. <laughs> Uh, or late, however you want to look at it. Oh my gosh. Uh, but we do appreciate you all tuning in and subscribing. If you have not yet subscribed, if you are new to the congregation, we, uh, mm-hmm. we would appreciate if you subscribed. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Podbean. And then if you go to freerangeidc.com, you'll see a list of all of our episodes. You can go and download every single stinking one of them and listen to them to your heart's content. We apologize in advance for like the first five or six when we were trying to be like all serious. It was like an NPR show. We kind of straightened out a little bit after. Uh, actually, no, we loosened up after that. Hello, is more like it. Yeah, that always... Oh, it's kind of creepy going back and listening to it. Like, it's not us. It's not us. No. What were we doing? We were dialed down to like negative three. <laughs> yeah. It, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I think it took like two or three shows for the first rant to come out. Like that's, oh. And if you see me for, if you talk to me for more than two or three minutes, the first rant comes out. I mean, it's just, it's just the way I am. But we appreciate y'all tuning in. And uh, again, go download all the episodes. If you want to follow us on the social medias, we love us some social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy, and uh, all kinds of shenanigans happen there. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you're guaranteed by proxy to be following the iron sheik which is a quality follow no matter how you slice it sheiky's got some interesting views on the world let's just say that (laughs) it's worth it just to be told which way you should go frack yourself this week (laughs) i've never seen someone be more creative with that than than that it's it's really he's still trying to make peace with the hulkster (laughs) i i think he i think that was a one-time thing i mean it's it's poetry at a certain point. Like I, I would actually, I want to see, I want to see the Iron Sheik on a spoken word tour. That's what I really want. Oh my gosh, that's what I want for Christmas it's more like this a year. Can you tour? <laughs> yeah. Well, can you arrange that for me? 
So now we come to the time oh. of the show when when we're just about to wrap things up, and I kind of look back on the whole show. I think over it in my mind. I try and try and take all. Actually, you know what? I don't want to think over anything in this show because it was all just me venting my spleen. So I'm just going to ask Tim, out of what you remember, because I don't remember anything. I kind of blacked out at a certain point, and I, maybe I was speaking in tongues. I'm not sure. <laughs> but out of what you remember, what the hell did we learn this week? We have learned the following, my friend. Mm-hmm. Lucasfilm okay. Games... Ubisoft and massive open world game for Star Wars. To quote The Rock, just bring it. Now, are you gonna are you sending in an application, sending your resume, dusting that bad boy I, off? I, I might have looked at the job listings, but I think they're over in Sweden, <laughs> <laughs> so that ain't happening. <laughs> well, you got a passport, baby. You can, yeah. I got a passport. I didn't think I want to travel right now, but anyway, everyone's working remote right now. Oh, I'm just saying. Uh, WandaVision, uh, cheer up, sleepy genie. Keep those great stories coming, please. We're 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 lacking the Wandavision. Let's 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 keep that that ball rolling in a positive direction. I'm pretty sure it's Sleepy Gene, not Genie. I thought it was Genie. I'm pretty sure it's I, that might be the old Forester. Better look in- it up. Wonder Woman '84. Um, if it wasn't clear from both of our comments, buyer beware. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Uncle Todd is, I think, finally, you know, leveling out here after uh, <laughs> needing to get some things off his chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, it is Sleepy Gene. Is it? It is. Oh, all right. I don't mean to fact check you here, but I, I, I can't let a monkey's reference go. Well, we, we need to honor the truth, and so thank you, sir. And now the truth has set us free. Yes. We're, yes. You know, Wonder Woman 3, please. Please, please. Just don't watch it. No, don't watch it. No, 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 Steve. Tre- no, no, Steve Trevor in the next one, please. Let, let, let's get back to some good storytelling. You know what I mean? Let, let's get back to the to the spirit of the first one if we can in some way, shape, or form. And finally, for Uncle Todd, serenity now, insanity much later. But above all, mm. let's make sure that we have some space chips just to just to have you a cool, cool. You know, just just to chill, oh. relax a little bit. Little space chips. I feel better already, actually. (laughs) Uh, That's my zen happy place right there. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for the downloads this past week. You know, we've we've seen quite an uptick, and we appreciate uh, the support and and the listenership. So, uh, Wait, you've got a tick? (laughs) Do feel free to engage us on on the social medias, as Uncle Todd has said. Feel free to shoot any uh, complaints. Any uh, suggestions, any other sort of peace, serenity-inducing uh, exercises that, that Uncle Todd can can put into practice when he thinks about Wonder Woman 84? <laughs> I'm not going to think about it. <laughs> That's how I'm going to deal with oh, it. Oh, my gosh. But as we always like to kind of end on, you know, be safe, be healthy, uh, be kind, be good to one another. And as always, we got to... Give Vince the 9.99 for the WWE Network, especially for next week's episode. So please, killing me, Vince, killing me. Hit the lights on the way out. That's right. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out and don't come back until you reach yourselves. Oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. And whatever you do, 
don't watch Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Just don't do it. I'll tell you what. Here's what you do. Here's what you this do. This is I a vastly it. different show I was expecting. Uncle Todd was taking me, have Here's- you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? My God, man. <laughs> Because I wanted to do this episode because I needed this catharsis. Here's what I want people to do, okay? For those of you who are still listening, what I want you to do, instead of watching Wonder Woman 84, what I want you to do is just close your eyes and just picture anything, anything at all that happened to you this past week and put some music behind it you have now seen a better movie than Wonder Woman 84. If you went to the grocery store and you bought some milk and a bag of chips, you have you have seen a better movie in your brain as long as you put some halfway decent music to it mm-hmm. than Wonder Woman 84. You're welcome. 